From the kids to Aunt Sue. Keep your whole family connected on all their devices with crowd-pleasing gig-speed internet from Xfinity. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit today. Restrictions apply. Actual speed vary and not guaranteed. The kind of old-fashioned cop who preferred working the streets and making arrests to taking tests toward promotion. It was the closest thing New York had to a dirty Harry. This is One Tough Podcast on the OG Podcast Network. Here's your host, Bo Deedle. All right, welcome to One Tough Podcast. I'm joined here, like always, with Carlo. Hello. Today, we're pleased to have my good friend, who is a great attorney, used to be a prosecutor, Patrick Toscano. Uh, Pat is known for uh, the courtroom where he brings cases that he believes in, and he pr- produces a proper defense for people who are innocent. That's the way I got to describe you, Pat. Yep. And you get the truth out there, and uh, it's all about the truth in all these cases. When you tell the truth, you don't have to remember what you said, you know, Pat? Yep, so uh, right now, we're involved in a very controversial case. When I first saw this case, uh, you called me up, Pat. Yep. And he said, Bo, I want you to get involved with this shooting. And I remember watching on TV this little officer shooting at a fleeing car. My first words to you, Pat, was, man, I, I really don't want to get involved with this. I remember I mean, it. We, we run any time. We may have 100 investigations going on. And I just said to myself, I don't want to get involved with a controversial case like this. Mm-hmm. But then when you called me over your office... And we ran all the videos, and I had Mike Cerebola, the t- retired detective lieutenant, Mike Ruggiero, retired uh, sergeant of detectives. And we went through the evidence that you showed us and the whole story. And then when we started to realize who this young officer was involved with and who he was trying to stop, and everything started coming to life when we found out the real facts about the case. And uh, what in the beginning, what made you start to help law enforcement officers? You got a reputation, Pat, of standing up for cops. Well, what happened initially, Bo, some years back, well, first, my originally my legal career, I, uh, I clerked for a judge coming out of law school, and then I was an assistant Essex County prosecutor for about two, three years. Mm-hmm. I went into private practice thereafter, and a, a close friend of mine years later, a very close friend of mine, he's like a brother to me, yeah. State Senator Kevin O'Toole at the time. I know Kevin. Me, I know Kevin. He's, <laughs> he's talk about pro-law enforcement. Yeah. O'Toole is second to none. So he asked me if I'd be interested in going back to the office as first assistant, Essex County Prosecutor, which you're, essentially you're running the office day to day, you know, uh, which we did. We did a couple of years, and while we were doing that, we forged very strong relationships with law enforcement officers. Uh, so uh, luckily, I was very lucky. Uh, you know, uh, they followed us. You know, we went into a private practice, and they followed me into private practice. And any time uh, any of them got jammed up, and a lot of them, especially the Newark guys, you know, they would give me a call. We would give them some advice, uh, and it just grew. It started growing years ago, opened up our own firm uh, there in Little Quadwell, New Jersey, about 13 years ago, family-run place, and it's just exploded. Um, so that's what started it all. Did you ever take a case on where you realized the cop was really guilty of the charges that were brought against them? Yep. 
Sure, I have n- numerous times. Right. Yeah. I mean, then you'll give a proper defense, but you can only go so far. Like I always bring up, you know, we were very fortunate to bring on board the uh, Law Enforcement Defense Fund. What's it called? Oh, the- Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund. Uh, Bo, that came out of nowhere. And I think, uh, you know, you're, you're, sometimes you don't pat yourself on the back enough. Uh, and I've known you for a long time. And I think you getting involved in this case definitely triggered their interest in it. There's no question in my mind because it's just very, very fortuitous that once you got involved, 24 hours later, I got a call from them. Now, Carlo, you got to understand, this is a group that put money up for the defense, for attorneys, investigators, whatever, but they don't take on every case. I think they take three or four cases on a year. So they look at them, they weigh them out to see if they want. Like I brought up right away, the Carolina cop shooting a guy in the back seven or eight times. I says, you wouldn't defend a guy like that. I mean, I can't defend a guy like that. I was on Fox as a contributor. And when they asked me, Bo, what do you think about it? I said, well, I think that cop should be locked up for murder because that's exactly what he did. He shot a guy seven, eight times in his back as he's running away. There's no defense in there. But this case, when I saw it, then when I met him, when I met this young man, uh, his name is Crespo. He's a Puerto Rican, but he's a tiny Puerto Rican. I, I mean, he's all of about, he's not even five foot, I don't think. He's, right? about, he's about five, five. I mean, built. Five what? Yeah, okay. Maybe 5'3". Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I but agree. he's a, a little bit of a guy. And first of all, he's Puerto Rican. He was married to a black woman he has a child with. So he has a, a, a black child. His parents own a church in Newark. And they're very religious, his parents and all that. And when you talk to him, you start to understand what was in his mind that night. Now, a lot, a lot of people don't realize we have to make a setting there. Uh, we just had Curtis Lee. We were just talking to him, and he's been known to patrol a lot of streets of Newark, all over the worst parts of New York. Say what you want about Curtis Lee. He's got balls on him. He's terrific. And I tell you what, he goes out there. I mean, he was shot by Gotti's crew. He was, they wanted to assassinate him in Newark. This kid is, I really love Curtis Lee. I know him 40 years. You know, sometimes but you don't want to know something behind all of that. He's got a heart of gold and he's out there to protect people. So now when we start to learn what was happening, Prior to this incident, there were some incidents that occurred. There was a uh, there were shootings all over. See, Bo, this is key what yeah. you're mentioning, and you looked into this, and you looked into this very thoroughly. Well, the platform this is this is key. You're right. Yeah, because you got to put yourself into the environment of what was the head structure yeah. when you're a cop. Probably 90% of the cops don't do crap. 10% of the cops are the ones that are out there aggressively out there looking, going, interviewing people, stopping and questioning people. What are you, what are you doing hanging out? The rest of them don't want to get involved. And when they don't get involved, they don't get in trouble. The cops that get in trouble are the ones that do their job. And I'll stand by that 100%. I talk to cops all over New York. Every day. I go to Jersey. I talk to cops. I'm very fortunate that everybody knows who I am. They know that I love cops and I love the hardworking ones because I'll say it right now. I was the recipient of 90, 100 medals, but I also was a recipient of 40 civilian complaints. Yep. You don't you don't take people down on robberies and shooting. One guy shot at me five times, drew the gun down before I could get my gun out. And he goes, you got me. I said, got you. And if they had video cameras, I'd be in in trouble. Well, sorry to interrupt you there, but I have to. The cop, the officer who doesn't have 
a disciplinary issue in his or her file is not an officer in the first instance. Right. And you're you know 1, what? And they're not right. doing their job. You're damn straight. You're because when you're locking right. a guy up, yep. when you're locking a guy, I had one guy who escaped out of Attica. He wasn't going back. He was up there for murder. He had a kitchen knife like a foot and a half long. You can see right through my hand. He, he stabbed me through my hand. My lieutenant yelled, shoot him, Bo. And I get him a headlock, not a chokehold, a headlock, <laughs> just like God. We took him down, punched him shit out of him, right? And I fought with him, wrestled my lieutenant. Why didn't you shoot him, Bo? I said, you know what? I don't have to shoot me as a person. I should have shot 15 of them. I was just justified. One of them ended up killing a cop. And I have nightmares about I should have taken him out. The same way as Officer Crispo. Let me ask you this. If Bo Deedle is in Crespo's shoes that night. I shoot. With what? There you go. He's pointing a gun at me. I'll shoot. Yep. I'll shoot. There's only by the grace of God that they didn't fire shots. Now, people, and yesterday when we were interviewed, we had a big interview yesterday, and the one reporter asked, well, well, how come none of the other cops shot? Yeah, well, how come you got Crespo jumping out of the car, running up there? And I always say, if you're in the military, they have what they call a point guy. He goes out first. He's the guy that dies. Yeah. When you're a cop, you hit the door, the guy that goes in first. Other, now they got mercy service. When we were cops, we used to hit doors, and whoever goes in there, if there was a gun, that's the cop that got shot. Yeah. Crespo was the cop that should have been shot for the fact that this guy capped him, right. no one would be talking today. You said that yesterday. He stopped the car three times. He knows there's guns in that car. Yep. Knows there's guns. The first police officer, female, stopped this car, and you can look at the guy, and that last look in his face when I'm looking at the video from her, from her cam, and I'm looking at his eyes, he had the same look as the guys I locked up that raped the nun in the convent back in 81. I believe he was on Angel Dust, because these guys were on Angel dust then too and his eyes were so rolling around i looked at him craziness so this is what the female cop then she looks down and she sees a gun between his legs she puts the call out that there's a gun in the car now only by the grace of god the backup's coming so they they look at each other the one passenger's over there the other jerk he's there trying to get something trying to get something out of his clothes we feel as though it was another gun or that gun that was found on the floor and the next thing is just because that backup comes this office is safe because they were contemplated she went alone and she took that card yeah. down she's a real hero that one there i tell you there ain't too many females or males that would take that car out by themselves with two males they would like to have a backup she went right at him and she's a hero too she takes off and then i mean they take off and then crespo Starts the, the chase. Yep. Good, Pat. Coming in the opposite. What happened here, Bo? And and you made you make <laughs> every point that you made here. You know, I could I could take and run with. But for purposes of brevity, what they do is they then take off. And it, this is an issue that's come up. They're yelling, "Get in front! Get in front!" So when my old office, which by the way I should mention, I'm a, I think I did. I'm a former first assistant in the same office prosecuting Officer Crespo. When my old office, you know, releases the dash cam video and the body worn, you know, camera video, you know, they hear Crespo, Officer Crespo saying, get in front, get in front, get in front, meaning, you know, they think it means because they don't know because they weren't told, you know, cut the vehicle off. Cut the Dixon and Griffin, that's what I'll call it, vehicle off. He didn't mean that. Get in front means, in the state of New Jersey, New Jersey State Attorney General guidelines say that the pursuing vehicle, the first 
law enforcement vehicle must be marked. So Officer Crespo is yelling properly under the guidelines, get in front, meaning get in front of the unmarked vehicle. But, you know, the media circus that's been created here, and I've utilized that term several times, what they're saying is he's yelling and screaming, cut in front of the vehicle. You know, it's it's everything's been convoluted, twisted, and turned like I've never seen in any case where I've represented a law enforcement officer in my life. So they give chase. The first time they're close enough, he gets out of the car. They take off. Now, remember, Bo, this is after the initial stop. When she, she puts him, over, they have guns. Now, what's, in, right. the, what's in, the, in the cop's mind, Crespo, that car has guns. No question. So he's got some balls to run up the side of that car no by himself no doubt. And, 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 and then challenge him. Go ahead. No doubt. And, you know, and then the second time they're able to catch up, you know, he clearly sees the gun. This tinted window issue is, for want of a better word, a bunch of garbage. I mean, there's whether or not the windows are tinted, we get the issue they've invented because that's what got him indicted. I saw with my own eyes on the female's cam when she first stops him. They roll the window up. You can see right through. No question Number about it. Number two is I saw the, the the photographs. You could see right through that car to the taillights of the other car. Front. That's a bullshit issue. Yep. We can say bullshit on my, on my podcast. So that's a bullshit issue. So let's that, clarify this just yeah. so the people that are listening that aren't completely familiar can understand. So the Essex County Prosecutor's Office is arguing that Officer Crespo couldn't see into the vehicle and ascertain that there was a gun there because the windows were tinted. Pointed, that's, that's right. Carlo, but what the, it goes a little bit further because they're saying that not only couldn't he see in, all right, they're doubting whether or not the gun was ever pointed. That's what they're what they've laid out. Okay, now what they also haven't released to the public is the fact that the surviving individual from that car, Dixon, and 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 Bo will get into their backgrounds, the criminal backgrounds, both <laughs> these guys, but he's interviewed after the shooting. He's shot, but he's able to be interviewed. He says he remembers nothing about that night because he was smoking uh, marijuana laced PCP. with PCP. All right, the, I, I think the entire night. How could they possibly then believe that he could later take the stand in any trial and say <laughs> that he didn't take the weapon and point it at Crespo? He didn't know anything. He didn't know anything. Plus, he clearly pointed the gun. There's still photos that Bo and I looked at yesterday. It's the, my, my, my client is directly on top of the car. You see him looking directly in. And the door opens up at That's one point. Exactly, so the door was exactly opening several going. times. It was. And they thought that, you know, they were opening the door to fire at the police. That we, we had a news conference yesterday. And, uh, you know, my thing is I show emotion because I care about this kid. And I know he's looking at some severe jail time. And how they treat it was disgusting. When you go to a grand jury, which I've been in grand juries many times, you leave. They told him to wait around. Yeah. It was the weekend before yeah. Memorial Day. They told him, oh, sit over there, wait around. You don't have someone wait around. If he gets indicted, he's called up to surrender. That's what you do for any piece of garbage on the street. This is a law enforcement. They said, wait around. They put handcuffs on him. They put him in the system for almost a week. By the way, well, another good point you make, and the court rules are very clear, very specific, that you have to have a detention hearing within 48 hours. That wasn't had, and there's never to this day been given a reason Did you take the case that. on right away, Pat? No, I did not. He, uh, he had outside, he had other counts. Who do you have, Stevie Wonder? Uh, <laughs> 
Who well, do that's you another, That's another issue for I mean, another where, where was this lawyer there? I, I and the other thing is the damn I union. I mean, the union. How could you let your officer go in there without representation? And they didn't bring into the grand jury the female officer that said she saw the gun in between the, the driver's leg, the DOA, the dead person. She saw the gun that started this whole thing. If, if you want to be fair about it, you put her in the grand jury. I swear that I saw a gun in between the guy's legs. It was a dark-colored gun between his legs. That's when I broadcast it over the air. They got a gun in the car. That wasn't brought out. So this way the jurors can say, wow, now you got a cop that has knowledge. There's a gun, at least one. We think there's two, and one of them got tossed. My experience out of shooting in the South Bronx, big shooting. We chased this car for about a mile, mile and a half. No guns in the car. I call up Central. I say, Central, call emergency service. Get some lights over here. They dump these guns on the street. Sure enough, we've recovered three guns. My point is we've recovered. Thank God that there was still a gun in that car. Because the normalcy is they toss the damn guns. No one understands that unless you've lived and, 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 and breathed this kind of stuff. This kid should be getting a medal. He did what, 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 what cops do that really care about the public. He was, they were going down the wrong way, 60, 70 miles down, wrong way. What happens if there was a couple of young fellas were playing basketball and they come out of the school and they cross the street and they get whacked by that cop? Don't forget Everybody the Everybody would have said, what? With all due respect, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Don't forget the sidewalk when he drove over the sidewalk. Over the sidewalk. So what comes into play is the thing about you can't shoot a fleeing car. But. There is an exception. Officers involved in pursuit shall not fire any weapon or at a moving vehicle nor engage in any vehicle contact action except as a last resort to prevent imminent death or serious injury to the officer or another person where deadly force would be otherwise justifiable. So now you have a car. It's going down the wrong way. You know there's guns in that car. If that car's pulled over by another cop, they could get killed. That will answer that part. It's justified. Or you the stop car itself that. is a weapon if it's going well, that's down, two, down he, well, you got two weapons right. there. You got the guns that are in there plus the vehicle that could kill other people. And certainly, now I'm going to give you a little snippet, okay, Carlo? Because this is a snippet. Because he knows everything. <laughs> and the people that listen don't get it. I'm going to give you a little... Before, before you do that, let me just say, because I have to say it, because again, this is one of those situations where you don't give yourself the days of Bo Deedle. Okay. <laughs> Hear me out on a, on, in a police department. The days of my old office, the days of the Kurt Schwindels and or the Tom, even the Curtis Lee and, and Curtis Lee and the Tommy Adams and the Julio Cavaleros and the, and the Mike, uh, Mike Reheist. These guys were phenomenal with guts. They were able to do, they weren't worried when they took police actions that they might be indicted because years ago, the prosecutors though, and this is a very critical, crucial point. The prosecutor's office back them, supported them. But they're doing they their did. jobs. Well, nowadays it isn't like that anymore. No, if you Every do your I job, around, now all of a sudden you, you do your job. I had, a, I'll say it right out. I, I made hundreds of gun arrests. One was a Mac 10 machine gun. You know where I found it? The guy had it under the front seat. It was just a shooting. Yeah. And you know what? I didn't have justifiable cause to find it. Yeah. I searched that car and I found it on the front seat. You know what I had to do? I had to perjure myself and lie and say I sort of handled the freaking gun. 
I did that. Statue of limitations is over. But what was I going to do? Let him get away with a machine gun? He just had a shooting? There's a balance of justice. The lady has a blindfold. When scales go the wrong way, you got to bring those scales up. Miranda came out. If everyone started asking for a lawyer, you'll see Miranda would be reversed because you wouldn't get any convictions. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to talk to anybody. Look at Justice has got to be equalized. And if a person's walking down the street with an illegal gun and you toss him, you pat him down, you find it, he either had the gun or he didn't have the gun. No question about it. That's my point. And the and, fact that you may have saved two or three lives or six lives is irrelevant because the average person can't understand it. Right. Well, and how can they understand it? And you that's why I think that this is such an important podcast to be, bring people into the frame of mind of Crespo that night. Yeah. What he was thinking when he what kind of uh, what kind of bravery where a guy gets out of the car, runs up the guy, you know there's guns in there. Now you got a guy pointing a gun at you, fire twice, and you run out that car again. That's not bravery. That's to me, he should have gotten a, a, a high medal, not indicted and, and arrested. And let, let me just give you a little background of the gentleman. No, I think maybe before we go into the suspects. Maybe just talk about what was going on that week in Newark, that there were a rash of shootings. And, and okay, in Newark, they had, they had shootings going on, and then they had a shooting for a, a memorial, a candlelight vigil, where there was a drive-by shooting. Four, four females were shot. This is right before this happened. On top of it, the night at roll call, where Crespo's standing there, and then all of a sudden, it comes over the air, shot fired over right in the area there. They run out of the precinct with shots fired. That was their first. They didn't go to Dunkin' Donuts like the rest of them and have some Dunkin' Donuts like people want to freaking say, hey, well, the cops say eat Dunkin'. No, Crespo got that car. He batted down for action that night to try to solve the problems that were occurring in the people of Newark and save people in Newark. That's what Crespo done. He was a hero for the people of Newark. And the people who lived there understand it. And those four females that got shot by that drive-by, who knows? And I challenged the DA's office over there in, in Essex County. Let's check the guns that were recovered. Let's see the gun we got recovered. See if it was, uh, it was used in a, maybe that gun was used in that drive-by. Sure. And what we were looking for that night, we meaning cops, were looking for that night. There was a rash of, uh, I can use the word scumbag, right? Yeah, I can use the word. There was a rash of scumbags robbing drug dealers with, with, with weapons. And that's what Crespo was out there, trying to get these guns off the street so they wouldn't shoot this little girl with a stray bullet like happens in Chicago every day. And he's doing his damn job. Well, let me say this, if I could. And every, at every point you make, every sentence that's coming out of your mouth, we can run with for the next eight hours. You're spot on. And again, not because I'm on your podcast, not because I'm on your show. You're always spot on when it comes to police work nobody nobody relays it nobody nobody has the passion you still have in your belly but is able to relay it and by the way isn't full of it in other words you lived it you did it so when you're talking you're talking from experience but accurate experience let me say this and this is the real perhaps this is the the most the most how can i explain it pernicious part of what's going on here. Bad word, lawyer word, I apologize. What is pernicious? I mean, just almost Stop whipping out those big (laughs) freaking words, Pat. Almost evil. What they've done here is they not only indicted Officer Crespo, okay? My heart is very close to the North Police Department, okay? Law enforcement in general. They've indicted the entire North Police Department 
by doing this. The Newark Police Department, I don't care where you go countrywide, Los Angeles, St. Louis, Miami, Manhattan, who are all phenomenal police departments. The Newark Police Department is one of the finest police departments in the country with phenomenal, not good, not true, phenomenal cops. What they've done is they've made a mockery of the Newark Police Department the way I see it. They made a mockery of law enforcement in general, and Crespo's the scapegoat. And, Bo, you've been hitting on that for the last 48 hours. And the last, you know, I mean, it's been a whirlwind. In our but you've got to understand something. The people of Newark are only privy to see the clip that was That's sent right. out by the prosecutor's office right. of this young cop shooting out a fleeing car. Oh, my God. He killed somebody. Yeah, he killed somebody who had loaded weapons in the car, and they were trying to run people down, and he did his job. And if you listen to Crespo last night on the interview, he said it all. That was he dynamic. He did. Dynamic. Now, let, let me just tell you something about the the perpetrators. They call them the perpetrators because they're the criminals. The dead guy. His name is Griffin. He was sentenced five years in 92. He was sentenced to another five years in 96. He was sentenced in 2000 to three months in 938 years, 5310, five years. These were charges, indictments, and convictions of 17 indicted felony convictions. With some of the charges were many possessions of handgun, uh, burglaries, resisting arrest, CD, CD, uh, CDS, drugs, all that. This list, there were three counts of different firearms. So he was not, it was not unusual for him to carry a gun. And he did 25 years of his life in correction facility. So this wasn't a Boy Scout going to a jamboree. And now his little partner there, Dixon, seven listed arrests. Spanning back to 2002, he had seven indictable felony convictions, total of 15 individual criminal charges. He did a total of five, 10, three, 13, 15 years in, in jail, including loaded guns again. So I don't think this was the two wrong guys. These guys were up to something. They were doing something, and they just got interrupted by Crespo that stopped a possible wave where they could have committed murders and they could have ran people down. He stopped that. They would have both. Listen, there's no question. There's no question in anybody's mind. Unless you came in with this morning's milk, nobody could, could, could quarrel with the fact that this this car was not stopped. There's no way this car was stopping. No way in the world after a 2.3-mile chase the car was stopping until the car was disabled or both of these individuals were disabled. You want to, you want me? No way. Well, and by want... the way, you left out all the aliases. Yeah. I, I lost count. Me, my, me, Dave, me, Dave and Kirk, we, we were counting aliases. We stopped. There's so many aliases with these two guys. There's 18 aliases among them. But you want to know something strange that jumped out on me, Carlo? I was watching the videos. Showed the frame of the mind. He was so whacked out. You know what he was doing? He was signaling when he was making turns. That just shows you where his breath. These are guys trying to flee the cops, and he's signaling. The directional signals. Yeah, he, would, he had it proper. So his mind was working to signal because it was a, a involuntary 
brain dead person that was dealing. We were dealing a stoned out person yeah. that was hitting the signal. I mean, exa- that jumped out to me. No question. And you're right. And by the way, when he put his left directional signal on in the one video, yeah. he was in the opposite lane of traffic doing that. It was an ongoing traffic. It, it was amazing. So and he makes kind of- a signal. He's in oncoming traffic, but he makes a signal to make a left turn. That's what he did. That's yeah. exactly That's what, he what did. we were dealing with. But yep. the reality of this whole case is what the people of Newark actually saw selective videos of what happened that night. The great part about our justice system is, Pat, and I hope I'm there, we will be able to present oh, the whole there. case and we'll be able to present all the evidence, whether it be to a judge or a jury, People with a with a slight piece of intelligence will see through this fiasco and see if anything, this kid should be awarded a medal from the police department in Newark because he did what other cops didn't have the balls to do. Hey, Bo, let me throw this at you, too. Let's not lose sight of the fact that this is not just an official misconduct uh, criminal charge that's been advanced against him, which calls for a five to ten year prison term in New Jersey, mandatory five in parole disqualifier. This is an aggravated manslaughter, okay, among uh, other counts. I believe it's a total of about a six count indictment. He's looking at life imprisonment. For doing his job. There's no, but life, impri- but this is real, Bo. Now, this isn't just, you know, where you get 20 years to 30, you know, you get 10 to 20, 15, you know, ISP, you're out in three. Mandatory now, life. This is, this is life imprisonment that this kid's looking at. He's 26 years old. Well, well now, yeah. you, try, you try to sleep every night from now until this trial, knowing that there's a possibility. That's right. He's That's got right. four kids, That's but, right. you know, you know what? It's just this kid is walking like on eggs. You can see he's very troubled because he knows what could happen. And believe me, uh, look at when I locked up the guy that killed the 10 people in the Palm Sunday Mesca. He killed 10 people, eight of Think them of were children under the age of 12 shot in the head. But they were only little Puerto Rican children. That's all they were. I'm being facetious. I now. know you are. And this moron yeah. jury came back with a conviction of manslaughter where he's out of jail already. That's amazing. They wouldn't give him the murder. He systematically, he planned it and shot him all in the head. And this moron jury in Brooklyn comes back with a manslaughter. That's He's amazing. out. It's amazing. It really is amazing. Sometimes, I mean, you know, it's funny about that too, but another great point. You know, juries do funky things sometimes. Most of the times they get it right. But sometimes they come out with verdicts that just don't add up at all. And, you know, quite frankly, that's where you got to make sure, you know, when you when you well, have a defense team like ours. And by the way, shout out to our defense team. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it took me three weeks. Um, a hell of a de- this isn't the run and mill defense team. This is, like I said before, you. It's a former lieutenant in the prosecutor's office. Well, I got a lieutenant and a sergeant. They, working these with guys you. are the best. It's a former major in the state. Please, I, we're talking about a heavy duty legal defense team. I think, okay, in terms of investigation with all you guys and experts. And you got the national, again, we can't make light of the fact that the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund out of Washington picked this case up. I mean, how emphatic was Jason for the last 48 hours about supporting Crespo? No, no. It, was, it was amazing. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, you know, Carlo, he's been a prosecutor. I've been a cop detective and all that. What questions would you have about this case yeah, that we can answer? So, Just, you're coming from the outside. You're the people. We're the prosecutor and detective. So you're the people. What, in this case, would you question? So the big question I have is, you know, the actions of the Essex County Prosecutor's Office in selectively releasing certain portions of the 
body cam footage and the dash cam footage because it seems very prejudicial because they only release the portions that kind of paint Crespo in a bad light instead of painting the full picture and giving him a, a fair shake. And it seems like they're trying to demonize him in the court of public opinion prior to the trial. Could I answer that? Yeah, please. If you don't mind, and I'll, I'll try to do it succinctly. I won't do it in a lawyer way. Um, you're right. And listen, objectively, right down the middle, you're right. Now, what happened here is they released certain portions. I get it. Under the uh, the guideline, the AG guideline, the acting uh, prosecutor, uh, acting attorney general, good friend of mine, John Hoffman, released this directive several years ago. They're under an obligation to do that. But when you do that, there's also a rule of professional conduct that's you have to you have to sort of juxtapose what we call the two. You have to read them together. Um, we believe that there was a gross violation, even though they released it. We get properly. They didn't release everything. There's no question about that. So what they've done is they've essentially contaminated any jury pool. So when we get involved, we have to you know come back and we have to sort of level the playing field, which we've attempted in earnest to do over the last over the last 48 hours. So the way they did it, I don't know, Carlo. Great question. They even at the detention hearing. Think about this, a law enforcement officer, they wanted to keep him detained until trial in jail, okay? And they play, okay, which I didn't understand, um, but I understand what the judge did, Judge Ron Wiggler, phenomenal, phenomenal judge. I understand what he did. He allowed them to play it, but I mean, they saw the jury, there's a jury box, right? And it was filled with the press that day. So they play this video, okay? at a detention hearing, which it had nothing to do with the issues to be determined at a detention hearing. Uh, they play it for the press. The press looks at Forget it. Everything's it. released in an attempt to keep him in. So I say to you, my question to you is, and I'm hoping I'm answering your question. My question to you is, why are they going after this kid the way they are? It doesn't make sense, right? And when a story doesn't add up, that's because truth is not, you know, uh, in the equation there. So there's something else going on here one way or another. We're going to get to the bottom of it. Let me give you another example very quickly. When this first went down, okay, the acting prosecutor, his name escapes me, uh, you know, he goes on camera, okay, and he says, I think his exact words, I think I have a quote here, is, quote, it is the state's position that the officer's conduct on that night was criminal, close quote. Number one, how could he possibly say that without looking over the discovery at all, without knowing what the discovery uh, reveals. And number two, and again, I, I, I wish I remember his name, the acting prosecutor. Well, if you're that sure, why don't you come out of your office and try this case? I'd love it. I would welcome the opportunity to try the case against the acting prosecutor. So if he's so sure of his case, don't give it to an assistant. Come down and try it yourself against me. We'll have a ball. Let's roll with this. Uh, I hope I answered your question at least to a Well, point. you know, and, and one of the things that happened yesterday, Carlo, that, that Pat handled excellently, we had one black uh, uh, camera person there from one of the major stations was there, and he brought up this the race card. Well, you know, why are they shooting black people and the black people are being uh, viewed? It's a racist thing by the cops against black. And Pat answered just the greatest way. He goes, excuse me, I take offense to that. Officer Crespo was married to a black woman. He has a black child. So I don't even go there with that racist card. And he shut him. He looked at 
And he went, huh? <laughs> because he couldn't say a damn That's word. True. Because if it, was a, if it was Bo Deedle, you know it would be Bo the racist. Yeah. And that's exactly the, the way they would have loved to escape it. But yet they have a Puerto Rican cop. What do you do with that? I guess he ain't black, he's brown. Stop with the bull crap with this racist crap. If that was a white cop or two white dirtbags that were in that car, it wouldn't be different. It's what the actions of the two people in that car were. Black, white, Hispanic, they're criminals. End of story. Yeah. You know, Bo, it's funny, too. And, I, and, and let me just go back. Like, hold on, but just a second. When you talk about the tinted windows, this issue, that really isn't an issue at all, but they're making it to be the issue because that's yeah. the only way you're getting an indictment. <laughs> right. Okay. Hanging, hang your hands. So trying to say, Carlo, they, Crespo couldn't see it. Although you can see the doors opening up and the door opened up. We had direct view in there. So let me ask you, take that to its logical conclusion. So that means that the criminal who's smart enough to tint the windows gets the benefit because they tinted. So they tinted the windows. So that's why you indict. Think about how wacky convoluted this is, Bo. So the officers indicted because they were smart enough to tint the windows. And by the way. Oh, there was Ball picked up a lot of this. places you can get a ticket for having. Oh, uh, please. Uh, that's another. At the grand jury, we're not going to get into, Carlo, because I'd need six hours. At the grand jury, certain things were not presented to the grand jury and certain things were. I'll give you an example. They presented. I've never seen this in my 34 years as a lawyer and my six years combined as a prosecutor. I've never seen this before. They had snippets of other stops that Crespo made. Over the years in the Newark Police Department, where windows were tinted, the circumstances were totally different than the night in question. Some were during the day. Others had no lights around them. And they played them one at a time for the grand jury, where Crespo got out of his car and said, I'm going to give you a summons because it's difficult to see through the windows because so they're they tinted. used that against. Follow that. And this is and Bo was all over this big time. And by the way. One more thought very quickly, Bo, if you don't mind me asking you this. We didn't realize this. Uh, Bo and uh, my other investigator, uh, Dave, uh, the last name we'll keep uh, confidential for now, former major in the state police. Bo and Dave looked immediately, uh, and so did Kurt, by the way, and saw the balaclava on Dixon's head. That's a Explain. You know this balaclava, better than I You know what that is? Ski mask. You wore one of those once in the Bronx? When I did a robbery, yeah. Okay. So initially, initially was up. You could see the video when the female was, it was up on top of his head. He looked like he had a yarmulke, big yarmulke on, right? Then when he gets shot, it's pulled down. The bullet hits him in the jaw right through the balakaka, whatever the hell it's called. And he had the mask down. Uh, I guess, why, why would they have the mask down? I have no idea. I guess, oh. uh, you know, uh, and here we are laughing. And it's, uh, you were laughing because you're so exasperated. Yeah. It's so absurd. It's so ludicrous. Uh, he's got the balaclava he's wearing. Where you only the word? eyes. Why don't you just call ski mask? What's this balaclava? Of course it is. Well, that, uh, you're exactly right. People and he's got the gloves, by the way. Gloves. Gloves are gloves. But they're in his back pocket. Yeah. So he's got the cop killer bullets, the loaded weapon. And, Bo, again, you brought it up and you, you nailed it. Uh, you know, who knows? where We know there's two guns. Who are we kidding? There were two guns in the vehicle. One was dumped and there was no search. Ever no search by the cops for that first gun that the driver had between that his legs. tossed it because no the search. driver was observed with the gun between his legs. And then the car another time when he's followed the cars stopping and going, stopping and going. My experience is it, 
When I've chased guys, no, what happens is they th- the gun goes on the floor. Now they take off. The gun slides under the so seat. So you're trying to stop to get it back out. That's why the cops stop and go. Terrific. And I will testify to that in the trial. I've had experience where that's what they were doing. Terrific point. We didn't pick up on that either. So that's where your experience comes in, my friend. That's why you're involved, obviously, in the case. Uh, all good points. All excellent, excellent points. But this case is something that I think that... What it's all about is I like to project it to the people of Newark, the people that live there who are the victims of these drive-by shootings, the victims of the crime in Newark, to understand what Crespo was doing. And just to watch the video, and everyone's not going to have the opportunity to see what I saw already. I can't stand on a milk box higher than to tell people there is another side of this story. If anything, Crespo is a hero cop that had the balls to go three times where he knew there was guns there, and he put his life in danger to try to stop that car from killing somebody else, another cop or whatever. This is what it's, 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 it, I'm go crazy that I'm involved with this case and people are not seeing it. Because like I said, when you call me bad, yep. I said, I'm not getting involved with yep. this yep. until I saw it. You did. And I says, I gotta be involved with it. You did. And you're office is pretty far away i gotta go <laughs> hey it took us two and a half hours to get here today and it's oh, 18 wow. miles away we need know? like an office maybe take one of a, <laughs> a one of my offices over here in one pen plaza we might we may take you up on that one yeah day. Yep. but uh you know what we talked about it i think we're gonna do curtis's show curtis asked us to come on curtis lee was a, a remarkable guy too a lot of people don't understand him i mean he did this guardian angel thing but you know Gotti's guys Tried to kill him, shot him five times just by the grace of God he got out of the car. Then I learned today that he, they had a, a, a contract to kill him in Newark years ago. They did. And uh, I, I remember that specifically when I was first assistant. Well, you call it DA here. Uh, in Essex, it was first assistant prosecutor. I remember that specifically, and that was real. And I'll tell you something about Curtis. I've known him for years. He didn't care. It didn't shut him up. Yep. He didn't run scared. I'll tell you. Well, he you know, didn't I, run scared with John Gotti. He just kept going at him. He did. He absolutely <laughs> did. And that's another story for another day. But uh, you know, you know what? But we really, really happy that he came in, Pat. And I look forward to taking this through trial and being there with you. And uh, you know, cases like this. When you have a really great defense, you know, you got to project it. But the whole thing is, what do you think you're going to do? Do you think you'll go with a jury or will you go with a judge? My feelings are this case is so I'd like a, a, a juror that can balance the evidence to see what we're presenting rather than to hang one juror who's just every cop's a racist. Say if we, if we got somebody on there with the mindset that every cop's a racist, I'd hate to go through this trial and have one person hang, which I've been involved with that crap. I'd rather have a judge make a decision on the, on the law and on the evidence and come with the just decision. We're weighing that, uh, Bo. That's a, and again, that's an excellent point you make. We're weighing that. You could that. do either one. Did you we're, know that, Yep. In New Jersey, we're weighing that heavily. It's a little different at the state level in New Jersey. The federal level, um, it's not uh, as, as easy to do. Let me give you an example. State court in New Jersey, the defendant has the right to waive, and it's generally allowed, but the judge... Uh, under a specific case, I think it's Dunn, State versus Dunn, the judge makes the decision. And that decision usually will not be disturbed uh, absent So manifest. in other words, if, the, if, our, if our client, Crespo, waives the jury trial... He's going to get a bench. I, I, honestly, I'd love a fair 
judge just to see what we've seen and give us the opportunity to present it. And no judge in a million years would ever, there's always a thing beyond a reasonable doubt. No question. It's not you're guilty until you prove yourself innocent. It's the other way around. Well, stay with that a second. How does any judge, you get the right judge in Essex County, and boy, do we have some damn good judges. Well, let's hope that we get a good one. Well, you get the right one. When I say the right one, I'm talking about that's it. Fair. You get the right judge who understands what this is all about. You know, I don't know how any judge sees someone going, and there's 18 different issues here uh, for reasonable doubt. You could, there's enough reasonable doubt here to drive a yeah. tractor trailer through. But how do you see somebody going 70 and a 25 in the opposite lane of traffic and say you're not allowed to shoot at that car as a last resort because that person was not possibly, possibly going to cause bodily injury to someone else. And that's right out of the AG guidelines. It's impossible. But the thing again is that's why I fear any and all juries for the fact of having someone who just has their mind made up that they don't like cops. And that person will hang it, will present the greatest case in the world. And one person will hang that jury. That's why I love the idea. Let it, let someone who is an independent Fair person, look at all the evidence and make a decision no question that there's beyond it. a reasonable doubt. No question about it, my friend. No question about it. A hell of a lot one, of issues. One question here. Yep. Uh, you spoke at your time in the prosecutor's office. You worked very closely with the law enforcement agencies. Uh, right. Why do you think there's an adversarial relationship between the prosecutor's office and the Newark police, whereas this case has grave implications for Officer Crespo and, as you mentioned, would have a chilling effect on the, the police? It, you know, it's funny you should say that because— I claim it's my position, you know, that they're going after law enforcement, you know, like, like there's no tomorrow. I don't know whether or not the prosecutor's office, the S. County prosecutor's office, my old office, would say that they're adversarial to the entire North Police Department. Of course, they would take the position that they're not. They treat everybody equally. But it's awful funny because, uh, you know, I have a couple of members of my staff sitting right in front of me here. And all the North Police officers that we represented over the last, what, 13 years You know, um, oh, my God, God knows how many dozens and dozens and dozens, you know, like the last seven or eight were from the North Police Department, by the way, all of which were either no build at the grand jury. Right. Or the charges were charges that were dismissed after uh, no build at the grand jury or acquitted after trial. I don't know why it seems to me that they're going after certain Newark police officers the way they are. Now, listen, Newark, you know, the crime rate in Newark, we get it. In Essex County, we call the big four the, four, the four cities in Essex County, Newark, Irvington, Orange, and East Orange. That's where most of the crime right, is concentrated. Essex County is a very, it's a funky county, Carlo. Um, you know, we call it the triangle from Cedar Grove to Short Hills to Fairfield. Very, very little crime in those areas. Excellent police departments up there, by the way, but very little crime. So that's where you see most of the crime. So I don't know. Is it fortuitous? Is it just happenstance? But I don't know. It just seems like I've never seen before. In the past, we had Essex County prosecutors. Oh, my Lord. Joe Lordi, Brendan Byrne, George Schneider, first assistant prosecutors like Tony Mortone. They would never in a million years go after cops like this. In a million but the environment, years. The environment, the political oh. correctness and environment has changed. Hey, Bob, look at what's going on with this poor kid with the Gardner case in Staten Island. The kid grabbed him in the headlight, brought him down. The guy had acute heart problems. He, I talked to the medical examiner, and he said to me, he died of a heart attack, Bob. Oh. Heart conditions. Daughter died at 27 with a heart attack. He had diabetes. He had uh, the, uh, what do you call that? What I have? Asthma. 
asthma, acute asthma. Yeah. So when he was on the ground, if the kid got him in the yeah, headlock, yeah, 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 yeah. a chokehold is a chokehold. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't be talking. I'd choke you out. Yeah. You know, he was still talking, saying, I can't breathe because his asthma was kicking up. Yeah. Terrible tragedy. But to say that cop intentionally killed him, I, I've been outspoken about that, and I don't understand why Stuart London, the lawyer for the uh, PBA, I called Stuart. I said, I'll get five guys in here, and I'll take them down six foot three with my headlock, which I've done dozens of times. Nobody died. Yep. But yep. the problem is if that guy did one push-up, he would have died. It was a terrible tragedy. Mm. But to say that cop, that's what I'm talking about, the environment. And now it became... I can't breathe. That's like signs. I can't breathe. And and what happened in St. Louis with that, uh, uh, I don't want to call him a name, but Brown, when he attacked that officer. I mean, it's it, the environment has changed so much. So when a cop wants to be out there and do their job, beware. You're going to get in trouble. Hey, Bob. We t- you're right. You're right. And we've said that. And you and I have said over the last 40 hours, let me throw this at you, too. And this I found unbelievably interesting. There's a criminal defense attorney, state of New Jersey, who, you know, he's, 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 I have no qualms. I, sometimes I realize I throw, you know, compliments around like manhole covers. I have no qualms saying he's the best criminal defense attorney in the country. So I contact him. His name is Michael Critchley. I contact Michael, um, who is uh, also, I'm proud to say, a very close friend of mine. And I said, Michael, I'm involved in this, this Crespo case. I don't know if you know about anything about it. Michael responds by saying, they're really, you know, this kid, Pat, you need anything, you come across, you'll come over, talk to me about this case, love to help you. I mean, this guy, I mean, first of all, you can't, God bless you if you're able to get Mike Critchley on the phone, he's in such high demand. He, this is so out of control. I don't mean to speak for Michael, but I don't think he's going to mind me doing this. For Michael to say, man, they're really screwing this kid, okay, uh, the way he did, I've never seen anything like it. For him to say that, for him to speak the way he has, for him to take the position here that he believes himself, um, and to lend his expertise to me in this case, that speaks more volume than you might think, Bob. I feel very comfortable, Pat, taking on this case with you because I know you're the captain of the ship here. I'm just the first mate, and we go in there, and we'll we'll present this the way it's supposed to be presented, whether to a judge or to a jury. I don't think there's any kind of doubt in my mind. If it's a fair jury, fair judge, this kid walks, and I hope he gets his job back, and I'll be an advocate from to get a medal of merit, whatever the medal is for him. Can I add to that? Another good point. Here you go again. Spot on because of your experience. Let me add to that. Let's assume, argument. let's just assume an acquittal. Let's just assume it, God willing, acquittal. They can still fire him? Not only could they still fire him, but it'll show something. If once he's acquitted, okay, which essentially says, jury says he did nothing wrong, yeah. let's make sure he's brought right back on the job. And I think the, well, the police director in Newark now was phenomenal. Well, you uh, know what? You, he, he's going to take him back. I would, think he's going to take him back. That would be, and you know what, take him back. He's and a cop's get, cop. And, Take them back and award them the Medal of Merit or whatever medals they I got there. I agree with you, my friend. And say you did a damn good job, and thank God people went home safely that night, including your partners, including the people in Newark. We're going to wrap it right up now, but what we usually do is we do a segment in the show called the Punk of the Week, something that's bothering you. I think I'm going to know what's bothering you, but what bothers you this week that you want to speak out against? Anything, issues, people, whatever. How? Okay, here we go. Great question. I love it. Thank you for this opportunity. What bothers me this week 
is how I'm squaring. I don't mean to go back to Crespo case, but I hope you don't mind, Bo, because you asked no. me the question. What bothers me this week is how I square what's happening to Crespo. And, you know, if I sound a little bit emotional, here I am, how I square that and how I come home at night and explain this to my wife and my three kids. Well, actually, I have more than three kids. Uh, we'll add uh, Alec and uh, Kate and everybody else and Madison and everybody else and that. Uh, Jack Bonnet. Um, you seem like, like a Santa Claus type, type Let me guy. tell you, the, the kids, the, oh, but the, Bo, the reason I'm mentioning all these kids is not only are they pro-law enforcement, but one of my sons <clears throat> is, is going into law enforcement. The other one's a lawyer. My daughter is a state investigator. My other's uh, Jack, like a son, you know, these kids are going into law enforcement. And what's bothering me, and again, thank you for the question is I have to go home and square what's happening to Crespo with what these kids want to do with their life, the rest of their mm, life. I will. And I can't, Bo, and you want to talk, you say punk of the week, issue of the week. I can't square that, and I can't explain it to any of them. It's tough. It's impossible to it's explain to tough. them. Carla, what's your punk of the week? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm, I'm feeling very positive. No punks this week. <laughs> I want to hear your punk of the week. My That's punk of the week is that female that just beat Curtis Lee was ex-wife for district attorney Tiffany of Queens. Ka- What's her name? Tiffany Caban. What did I hear about that? She is a avowed communist. PSA. Yeah, she's a avowed communist. She's best friends with that. And she just took out the incumbent Democrat for district attorney. So early today, we just had Mr. Casamitidis. John's a good friend of mine, multi-billionaire guy, where I said, he's a big Republican guy. I said, the Republican Party could do what they call a Wilson Bakula. That means they could give, if you got three of the five counties of New York City, they could give them a paper and say, we'll let you give you the Republican line. I said they should give the Democrat that lost the Republican line. She's got great name recognition. It's Curtis's ex-wife. Linda Katz. And give her the that platform on the Republican. Give people an opportunity. We don't need a communist district attorney. Right away, prostitution will not be johns, prostitution, drugs. You will not be arrested. There will be no cash bail. So if a scumbag robs you, as it is now in New York City, this big bird dickhead mayor, de Blasio, here's his new law he came out with. If you're 16, 17, 18, 19, and you commit an armed robbery, I stab you on the way out of here, there will be no bail for you. That's what New York City's turning the days into of Rudy, a toilet bowl. Rudy Giuliani days are over. over. Where is he? I That's beg my him. I scream, bring him back. And by the way, I will add this because you mentioned Republicans. I couldn't agree with you more. I beg you, Bo, and I'm looking at you directly, uh, like a brother to me, Assembly Minority Leader in New Jersey, John Bramnick. Okay, pro law enforcement. Have him on your show. I guarantee, if you ever get the time to bring him on, you will idolize the man. Well, He's second we'll, to none. We'll, we'll get the numbers for him. Second to none. But again, how can we follow you if the people want to follow you? you have any kind of Twitters, Twitters, whatever that? Uh, you know, man, the social media stuff. I believe that's a weapon of mass destruction, right? Well, WMD. Well, how be, can we follow the case and and see what's going on? If anyone wants Bo, to well, give their Bo support is, to Officer Crespo, I'll, I'll tell you exactly how you do it in our office. Contact Olga Forte. F-O-R-T-E in our office, and I'll give it to you straight yeah, out. O-A Forte at pptlawfirm.com, 973-226-1691. What we should do is we should have Olga hook up for this one with the case name, the Crespo case, and we'll pump stuff out all the time. What's happening? Because we're going to be going to hearings and stuff, evidential hearings and all that, and we could pump it out, and then people could start. Uh, we're going to you do all this, this social yep. stuff on my things there. You. 
pump this thing out on our thing and we'll just get people behind and following the case and all these different hearings that we're going to go to, we'll be able to give what happened at that hearing. The evidence was held, this and all that. That's and what new developments? How about if we find out that gun that they got in the car they never tested, but it killed somebody? We could we could find this stuff out. That would be amazing. Yeah. So follow Olga and those. And, of course, my wife, my wonderful wife, Nancy, will be doing all the work, all the typing and everything else. Well, Shout out to her. She's my entire life. I, I think, Without her, I'd be nothing. And Carla, what else? How do they so, follow so us? We'll be updating regularly on our social media. You can follow us. We're One Tough Podcast on Twitter. Bo is at Bo Deedle on Twitter and at the Real Bo Deedle on Instagram. Instagram. You can email us. We're at one tough podcast at gmail.com. And you can find the show anywhere you find podcasts and also on the OG Podcast Network. Uh, so send us your questions. We'll keep updating you on this case. And we'll see you next week for the next Thank show. you, Pat. Thank oh, you for coming. Thank, thank you for having you. me on.